Welcome to Building Your Best Career, a podcast for professionals looking to find their voice, define their brand, and maximize their impact. Episodes are a collection of lessons from real life, interviews with people doing incredible things, tips and tools to get you on your way to realizing your infinite career possibilities. And welcome back to another episode of Building Your Best Career. I hope that things are going well out there. I know that spring is just about here. We've moved our clocks forward. The weather is starting to get a little bit nice, at least in some parts of the world. We had some really nice weather here last week, and then it's back to being chilly again. But There was a glimpse that spring is coming, and I I know at least for us, we're super excited to get back outside a little bit more. Being cooped up in the house for the last three, four months has been a bit taxing, and uh, it's really nice to have the opportunity to spend more time in fresh air, open the windows, get a little bit more sunshine. Just kind of helps your mental flow, I think, sometimes so that we can be a little bit more productive and positive and upbeat about all of the things that are going on. This week, I wanted to talk a little bit about our work situation. And it's gonna be a two-part episode, I think, because there's two different ways that I wanted to tackle it. And I think that there's just so, so, so much information. I could probably do 10 episodes on this, but we'll start with one from each direction. And what I wanted to talk about was how we go about working in a hybrid environment. As folks are getting vaccinated and going back to the office and other folks are staying home, there are a lot of organizations that are kind of adapting this hybrid focus to how they are staffing their teams where there's a lot of folks still working out of their homes and then there's a bunch of folks that are going back to the office. And I've had some some conversation with with folks about the perils of doing this and what it's gonna look like going forward, how how much we're going to really enforce people coming back in person or if a lot of organizations will still leave that option and just what that means for team dynamics and leading high-performing teams, leading well-working teams and, and, and really still helping our staff to grow and excel and be fantastic, right? So I wanted to do one episode looking at it from the leadership perspective and how you foster this high-performing team in this hybrid environment. And then I'll do another episode from the employee perspective, talking a little bit about what we can do as employees to ensure our success in that type of environment. Before we jump in, I've got, I don't know, seven or eight different areas and suggestions that I have for leaders to consider as they're they're breaking into this hybrid team situation. I wanted to mention that I worked in this situation uh, probably about 10 years ago now where my program office was based in one part of the country and I was situated in another part of the country. So while it's not a COVID situation, I really do have a lot of firsthand knowledge, both as the leader and the employee in this situation of trying to figure out what it looks like to be separated from your team and still trying to be 
kind of a standout player, kind of somebody who is excelling and demonstrating every day their their capabilities and leading a team that feels connected to the rest of the organization and some of the challenges that go along with that. Obviously, now we're in a much broader scale situation to that because there are just so many organizations facing this. But I think to a certain extent, that is helpful because we can learn from one another. We can learn from what other organizations are doing successfully. We can talk to our colleagues in other companies and other firms and other agencies and see what's working for them, what's not, what their employees are really responding to and what they're really having challenges with and kind of learn from one another to make our overall process a little bit stronger. So from a leadership perspective, if you are getting ready to or already have a team where part of your folks are on site in the office and part of your folks are working remotely and that's just going to be the way it's going to be for a while, there's a couple of different things that I wanted to throw out there for you to consider to kind of maximize how your team is working together and making sure that everybody feels part of that team. The first thing I wanted to talk about was the flow of information, and I I put this as number one in, in way above all of the other things because I think that the the one area that employee dissatisfaction often stems from is lack of information. So if at a very minimum, if you can do nothing else, if you can make sure that your team is getting a consistent flow of information across the board, whether they're working from home, whether they're in the office, whether they have shift work, whatever it is, make sure that you are consistently sharing all of your information with your entire team. I understand that there are some parts of your team that may not need to know certain information. And if it's a seniority thing and you send out a leadership email or have leadership meetings and then you have general staff meetings, I get that. But any kind of process and procedure and updates, even just general information about what's going on with your organization, any kind of weekly updates or things like that that you provide, the more information that you can provide consistently to all of your staff, the better. This makes a big difference because it just makes everybody feel like they are part of the group and they have all of the information. And while we can't force our staff to read things, I mean, we could certainly put signature pages and have them sign something and send it back, but we can't actually force them to read any of the information, right? But providing them all of the information is a great first step. And being consistent and clear about what it is that you're providing them is also key. Making sure that they know all of the processes, all of the procedures, and any updates to those, any announcements to those things, and make it very clear. Because then when you do run into issues where there's disappointment or frustration, you can point back to that communication and say, look, you know, we provided as much information as we possibly could. Everybody was given the same the same baseline here. If you took it and ran with it in another way, sure, we can talk about that. But at a minimum, we've provided you all of the information you need to know to be successful. So that's the first thing. The next is building team morale and cohesion within both groups, both separately and together. You do have two two separate parts of your team now. You have the remote part and the in-person part. And you want to make sure that you are building camaraderie amongst both of those groups 
providing support and whatever the necessary things are for both of those groups, but you also want to build cohesion between those groups. I know that competition is a really great way to bring higher performance among teams, but it can also create tension and resentment and pitting your remote team against your in-person team in an effort to make them more productive together. Be careful about that. It can be a very slippery slope of turning into something that really does pit one team against the other. And for whatever reason, you've got folks that are remote and folks that are in person. If it's a company decision, if it's an employee decision, however you're stacking them, pitting them against one another can be really tricky, even if it's just in fun to bring higher performance on a project or for some kind of competition, okay? Try to mix and match your in-person and your remote for combined teams so that, again, it feels like one cohesive team. If you have 10 people on your team and five are at home and five are at the office, you have 10 people on your team. So be careful to mix and match when you're when you're doing these kinds of team building events to incorporate that it really doesn't matter where they're sitting. Obviously, the challenges here are the different types of things that you would do to create teamwork. Say we're talking about things like training or workshops or employee development, all of those things. I recognize that back when we were all in person, you could bring a trainer in and they could do one meeting in a classroom or in a boardroom, in a conference room, and everybody's there and and participates. Now you have to have some kind of a hybrid version. But again, try to find ways that will work for your team to be working together. Whether they're working on training things, they're working on a project, they're working on a team building, morale builder, strategies, whatever it may be, if you can place your people together from the different groups, it's going to help build those relationships and strengthen those relationships. And it also makes them feel like they're not two teams. They're not the home team and the in-office team. They're one team. Now, avoid having rules and allowances for individuals on your team. This is this is really important, okay? And I understand, again, that there are a lot of folks that need to stay home for certain situations. They still have children that are going to school remote. Perhaps they're taking care of an ailing family member. Perhaps they don't have access to whatever it is that they need to be able to come to the office. I understand that there are a lot of different reasons why not everybody's coming into the office. Perhaps it has to do with how many bodies and how spread out you can be, whatever it may be. Be very, very careful about having one-off rules and allowances for individuals on your team. The criteria for them to come to work or be remote should be consistent policies that are open to all staff if they meet the qualifications. And if they cannot meet the qualifications now, can they meet them in the future? Or is it out of reach for certain staff to be able to come in? Because now you're creating almost a class system. You're creating a reward system. You're creating creating kind of pitfalls for certain employees to not be able to achieve what other employees are. And you want to make sure that you offer the same option to all of your employees. 
Now I understand that there's a lot of there's a lot of challenges here, right? Perhaps you're only allowed to take 10 people into the office and you have 20 people on your team. So how do you choose which 10 people stay home and which people come in? Do you choose by seniority? Do you choose by function? Do you choose by preference? Maybe some employees want to come in, some employees don't. However, you go about setting the criteria for who works from home and who comes in, you want to make sure that it's open to everybody, but there are steps that they have to take to get whatever they want. For example, say you can only take 10 people in. Do you do a lottery? Do you do a, as I mentioned, if you go by function or you go by level, how do you mix and match that? Do you offer the opportunity to all of your employees? You could send out an email and say, you know, we're going to send a very important message to the entire team on Friday at 2 p.m. It is going to be a time-sensitive email that everybody needs to, to be reading and be sure to be on your computer to check it. So no one says, well, I wasn't at the computer. I asked for the day off, this, that, and the other thing. Give them advance notice. Let them know. Have an all-hands virtual meeting. And at the all-hands, let them know we are going to be selecting 10 people to come into the office Everybody is here. Everybody is hearing about it now. The first 10 people that volunteer and want to come to the office, they get to come to the office, okay? In doing that, in letting the people know that some of your team is going to come in, some of your people is going to stay home, are going to stay home, you also want to make sure that you give very clear guidelines of what that means, what does it mean to be a remote employee? What does it mean to be an in-person employee? What are the pros and cons from an employer perspective? I just want all of you to know that if you work from home, you get an allowance for one chair, one desk, one monitor. If you come into the office, obviously you've seen your office. Maybe you get your own printer. Maybe you get two monitors. Maybe you get a fancy mouse. Maybe you get a fancy chair, whatever it is. So there can be pros to coming into the office if you're having trouble getting folks to come in and they get to make the decision of what it is that's important to them do they care about having an extra monitor then maybe they'll decide to come into the office what other things are going to be available to them in the office you might also lay it out for them and let them know that not being present in the office can present challenges for participation feeling included really being part of a team. We are going to make every effort as an organization. All of the training will be offered in person as well as remote. We will make every effort to make sure that everybody is on the same level. However, there are a lot of things, a lot of intangible, a lot of ad hoc and in the moment events that happen when you're in the office. And if you are historically challenged in your work. Perhaps you are really working towards a promotion. You're really working towards getting yourself out of the doghouse because you had a really bad la year last year. If you are really struggling with your workload and, and need, more, need more help, there are a lot of situations where it really does make more sense for employees to be in the office because they will get that FaceTime with the boss. They will get that random meeting in the coffee room with somebody that they need to be chatting with to build their network. There are a lot of in-the-moment situations that you do not get from being remote. And sadly, that's just, that's just the fact of life, right? We cannot manufacture some of those moments. We can certainly do, 
team building and social activities, and I'll get to that in a minute, but the in-the-moment activities that, that happen around the office, the ad hoc conversations, the boss walking down the office just checking on things or vice versa, the employee, those are things, intangible things, that we can't recreate in a virtual environment. So laying that all out and making sure that your employees are aware and understand that there are pros and cons. There are pros to being at home. You may get to sleep in a little bit later because you don't have a, a really long commute. You may get to get the kids off the bus because you can take your coffee break at three o'clock and spend a little bit of time with your kids in the afternoon. You may get to flex your hours. You may get to listen to your own music. There's a lot of different things that are pros to working at home, but there are costs associated with working remotely as well. And creating a picture for your employees so that they understand all of these pros and cons that you can come up with is really helpful so that everyone understands where they stand. You might do it again in a all hands meeting where it's almost a game. You ask the employees to throw out things that they feel are pros to working from home. Have them throw out cons to working from home, pros to working in the office, cons to working in the office. Put them all up on a board put it in an email, send it out to everybody so that everybody understands the same thing, that this is where we're at. You have the option to sign up for remote work, you have the option to come into the office, we'll take the first 10, the first 20, whatever your organization is breaking it down as, okay? This is the resources that you have in both situations. So that again, the flow of information is consistent and clear. So everybody has all of the information they could possibly have to make an informed decision. And then at the end of the day, if it's up to the employee, then they will have to make the decision and they'll have to live with it. It doesn't mean that they're not going to come to you and complain and moan and groan that perhaps they have buyer's remorse and made the wrong decision. I, there's no way to guarantee that, right? As time goes on, folks may want to change, work from home for a little bit longer, and then come into the office. There's so many different permutations. Like I said, we could we could talk about scenarios and ways to combat all of these different scenarios all day long. I'm just trying to give you some high-level ones to start with as we start preparing to kind of bifurcate our work, our work groups into part home, part in the office. Now, I mentioned social events and team building and things like that. Happy hours and after work events have historically been a really good way to get face time with leadership. Build your network, get to know your staff better, just kind of let your hair down a little bit and get to know people on a personal letter. And right now, this past year, in the beginning, it felt like we did a lot of after work virtual happy hours that seemed to peter out at least in my world uh, a lot of the folks that I talked to it seems like it was it was very active at the beginning but as people got more comfortable with working remote or more busy with working remote things like that really kind of waned and as we go back even partially into the office these things will come back around these after work events, these happy hours will come back around, which really puts the remote folks at a disadvantage because number one, they are not there to get invited to it because a lot of these are last minute at the end of the day. Somebody says, hey, let's go get a drink and then folks go. So they're very in the moment and they're in person. So now if you're at home, are you going to get off of work and then drive into the office to go to a happy hour? Chances of that are probably fairly slim. 
whatever reason you chose to be remote may bar you from even being able to do that. So consider other opportunities for your team to have networking time. Consider things like virtual lunchtime brown bags. Brown bags are really popular in person. Why not do brown bags virtually so that there is some kind of networking at that time? Bring your lunch, come to the virtual brown bag, we're gonna learn a new topic. Perhaps it, it's around a work topic, perhaps it's around a development topic, whatever it may be. It might be around a fun topic, however your organization does it. Virtual lunchtime brown bags is a great way to network. But make sure to build in a little bit of chit chat time. Again, it's difficult to do this with some folks in person and some folks online because that organic conversation that goes around a conference table before a meeting happens, it's hard to do that on virtual, but it's not impossible. If you open up the channel for your Zoom call or whatever video teams, whatever you're using at the start so that as people come into the room in person, as people come into the room virtually, they're able to chit chat before the event starts. Perhaps you leave some time afterwards. I will say that I find that people are more apt to chit chat prior to the focus of whatever the meeting is. So if you can almost set aside 15 minutes before it starts for chit chat while they're eating their lunch, catching up, and then starting whatever event is going on, the speaker, the game, the task, whatever it is that you're doing for this virtual brown bag, start that a little bit into the conversation or into the meeting so that people have a little bit of time to come and assemble. Now that said, I don't know that I would advertise that that's the way it is. The first time, just have it set that way so that people can start talking. Because inevitably what happens is you say that the brown bag starts at noon, speaker comes on at 12.15, what happens then? People start rolling in at 12.12, 12.13, 12.14, just before the speaker. So perhaps don't advertise that to your staff. Tell them it starts at noon. Obviously the first time it happens, they may think it's a fluke, right? Then the next time it happens, then they're gonna see the pattern and you may have to you may have to adjust. However, I would hope and I do think that we see that once they kind of get in the groove of doing that little bit of social part in the front, the folks that really need that social part are going to look forward to it and still going to show up at the beginning anyway because they want to have chit chat. You could also do a morning coffee networking. Perhaps you do kind of a, an ad hoc once or twice a week, Monday, Monday and Friday or Monday and Wednesday, whatever days work for you, do a, a coffee meeting from say 9 to 9.30 where people can come, have a cup of coffee and just touch base. Again, finding opportunities to get your team to hang out with one another, chit chat with one another, just spend some time aside from the regular day-to-day -day tasks that they do. You can still do after work happy hours, but maybe plan them more in advance so that the remote people can come if they choose. If you have the option for them to come to the office in the afternoon, if you have the space, perhaps maybe they can work in the afternoon at the office and then have a happy hour. Perhaps you have some kind of a training where everybody needs to be in the office for the day. Everybody's coming in for, for an in-person training. Do a happy hour after that so that everybody can have the opportunity to participate. Look, I'm not saying that you can't ever do ad hoc happy hours because those things just kind of pop up and the folks that work remotely 
may miss out on that. And again, that would be one of those things that we talk about with the pros and cons that there are going to be some social events that pop up ad hoc that they're not going to be able to participate in because it's either last minute, it is in person, and they can't possibly get there for whatever reason, right? But making them aware that these things are going to go on and that we will keep you in the loop whenever they do. And if you can come, great. If not, then again, that's one of those things that folks working from home are not going to be able to do. Now, one thing that you could do is you could do, if you're going to do an in-person happy hour, you could do a virtual happy hour. As a leader, I find this to be a little bit challenging because I think that it's important for us to make an appearance at these events. And it does mean that then what, then you're logging in for your virtual happy hour and you are going to your in-person happy hour. It does make for a challenge for the leadership to be participating in all of these things. If you have a leadership team where it's not just you, maybe you've got a variety of different folks on your leadership, perhaps you can divide and conquer. One or two or a couple of them go to the in-person event while a couple of you go to the virtual event. Perhaps your team is really split in such a way that you do have some leadership that are remote as well as leadership that are in the office. Maybe you switch that day. Maybe the folks that are typically remote go to the in-person, whereas the in-person go to the remote. Try to be creative about getting your employees FaceTime with the people that they don't normally get to get FaceTime with. Because again, the more they are networking with everybody and working with everybody across the team, the more cohesive your team is going to be. Aside from social events, when you are planning projects and dividing up the work and how that that kind of all shakes out it's important to try to be strategic in how you set up your micro teams or your tag teams or however however you divide up the work leading a hybrid team is definitely a challenge for supervisors managers directors all levels and above it's a challenge because now you're faced with people that are working different hours, people that are having competing responsibilities if they're working from home for whatever challenge is going on in their life with kids or school or ailing parents, whatever it may be, right? You, you've got a variety of distractions. You've got folks that are very good at working remotely. You've got folks that are not great self-starters that need a little bit more care and feeding. You've got people that are coming into the office, perhaps because they have to, but not happy that they're not in the office, wish they could be working from home. So you've got a variety of different personality challenges and, and temperament challenges on top of whatever's going on from a work perspective. Thinking about your team holistically and thinking about how they work well together and how they work well individually can really make a difference in how you kind of fit the puzzle pieces together. I think that if we look at all of the different skills and tasks and personalities that we have on our team and we kind of think about how they work together like a puzzle. Some folks are the edges, the glue that hold all of the middle pieces together. Other people are the colorful, creative 
energy of the group that are going to provide all those bright, pretty colors in the in the puzzle. Then you've got kind of the more subdued and more task-focused, more mellow folks that you never know where you stand or how they're feeling or they just, they don't share a lot and you kind of have to make assumptions or drag it out of them what's going on to kind of provide the backdrop of the whole picture, okay? Think about how they all work together and find ways that you can team up your employees or, or group your employees to really bring out the best in all of them. Provide each other support. We talked at the beginning about communication and making sure that all of the information flows to your staff consistently, that everybody feels like they're on the same page, in the loop with all the processes, procedures, and announcements. The last key piece about having a high-performing hybrid team is support. And I think that it can be very difficult for some folks to be part of this kind of uh, unconventional mix. It can be very easy for others. No big deal. They come, they do their job, they're low maintenance. You've got your other folks that are going to be high maintenance. As a leader, it's important to understand that there's always other things going on. There's always, and, and this doesn't necessarily even speak to just hybrid teams. As leaders, we recognize that our team has always got other stuff going on besides what we're asking them to do. They've got friends, they've got family, they've got drama, they've got all their own shit going on in the background. And inevitably, people bring that to work, whether they're working remotely or working in person. And I think that this mixture really exacerbates some of those problems for some people, really exacerbates those struggles, those challenges that whatever else is going on, because now you are expecting them to be high performing in a non-traditional environment that they're not used to. If your team has always been in person and always had all of these assumptions about how they work and now they're having to chase people around for Zoom meetings and, and not being able to have that social interaction every day, all of the different challenges that happen, we're adding that on top of whatever else is normally going on. So as leaders, it's important to check in with your staff. I know that over the past year, we talked a lot about that as re leading remote teams, that checking in on your staff, seeing how they're doing, being more in tune to their, their nonverbals, and, and really just paying attention to see how they were emotionally, mentally, physically, all of these things, just being a little bit more in tuned with people. That certainly applies even with the hybrid situation. And not just checking in with your remote folks, but your in-person folks too, because again, they're, they're working in a non-traditional environment to them. This is not the way that everybody is used to working. So checking in to see that how they are doing. Not only is it good from a standpoint because you are showing concern and really paying attention to what's going on with your team, bolstering your, your knowledge of why there might be challenges and, and making adaptations to however you're doing based on what's going on with your team. But you're also learning. Leaders understand that they're constantly learning. They're constantly growing. They're constantly improving whatever it is that they're doing. And by talking to your staff, asking them what's working, asking what's not working, asking where they see the challenges, 
constantly soliciting their feedback makes such a difference on several levels. One, it provides you information about how things are going. Employees have good ideas, whether we like to think about it or not. A lot of employees come up with some really great ideas. Ask them for their input, ask them for their ideas, ask them for their suggestions, ask them to tell you what's working. Not only are they gonna give you good ideas, but they're now going to be more bought in to whatever it is you're doing because they feel that they were a part of the process. They feel that they were part of the solution. They offered you an idea, hey, I'm definitely gonna do that, that was my idea. I came up with that. Now we're doing it and it's working so well. And if it works well and the whole team gets on board, the bump in morale and bump in energy can be carried for quite some time, depending on whatever it is that they suggested. And as an added bonus, you also demonstrate to other employees that, hey, not only do I ask for your feedback, not only do I listen to your feedback, but I actually implement your ideas. I actually take them to heart, turn them around, and give you credit for them. I will tell the whole team, hey, so-and-so came up with this great idea. We were all having a little bit of trouble with this, and check out this idea, we're gonna roll it out, okay? Maybe it means they get some kind of monthly spot award or high five award or whatever your organization calls it as. Let them know at the, the team meeting, good ideas are always welcome. We're always looking for ways to optimize our process. We're always looking for ways to improve the way we're doing things for our teams, our clients, our, our customers, whatever it is that your organization deals with, right? Having your staff feel like they are a part of the solutions and they are getting noticed for being a part of those solutions really bolsters your morale and brings the team together. You could also do challenges if you've got challenge, something going on. Do challenges throughout your team and pair them up. Pick a, pick a partner and come up with a solution to this issue that we're having to further build team morale. Like I said, I could go on all day with all of the different ways that we can really build harmony among our staff. I think that the very, very top item on my list is just open and thorough communication and consistency. We talked at an earlier episode about the three C's of leadership and they still hold true today, consistency, clarity, and compassion. In all that we do as leaders, if we revert back to those three things when leading our teams, whether they're remote, whether they're hybrid, whether they're in person, you, you really set yourself apart for how you're leading your teams. You're making sure that everybody's on the same page. You are listening to the feedback that they're providing and you are constantly and consistently giving them information so that they feel in the know. They feel like they are not in the dark. And in a hybrid situation, making sure that your team feels informed and part of the group is really valuable. All right. Next time we'll talk about, as the employee, how you go about 
maximizing your opportunities in a hybrid environment and making sure that you're not left behind, making sure that you're not feeling out of the loop and how you can really set yourself apart. Because the onus really is a lot on employees as well for this type of situation. And there's a lot of ways that as employees we can improve our chances of all kinds of opportunities in a hybrid or remote situation. So the next episode we'll be talking about that. I hope you have some sunshine in your part of the world this week, and I hope you have a great week. All right, so thanks for listening to Building Your Best Career. I hope you enjoyed it. Head on over to buildingyourbestcareer.com and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Feel free to drop me a note with any topics you'd like to hear about or if you'd like to be a guest on an episode. And please go ahead and recommend me to your friends. Until next time, always remember to stand up and be confident. Stand by all that you do and say with integrity and stand out because after all, there's only one you.